Listeners, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California. Each week we're talking about how habits build you and about how you can build better habits. I'm Jeff Bruce, one of the pastors here. Once again, I'm flying solo today for our final episode of 2020. This is it, family. My dad and I will be back, Lord willing, in 2021 to continue talking about the habits of a disciple maker, and I'm sure we'll discuss all manner of habit-related topics, all sorts of various and sundry things in the year to come. But today, I want to look forward with you to 2021 and help you make a growth plan for the coming year. Mike Tyson famously said that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You went into 2020 with some kind of plan, but I'm guessing that 2020 punched you in the mouth. It certainly punched me in the mouth. Maybe you had aspirations, resolutions, goals that you wanted to meet, but in 2020, our lives were totally upended. And and so I want you to think, what, what did you set out to do at the beginning of this year that never got done? What aspirations did you have when this year started that never materialized? Now, I'm guessing that COVID threw a wrench into some of your plans, but the truth is, even in years without a global pandemic, most people don't follow through on resolutions. According to one study, the failure rate for New Year's resolutions is somewhere around 80%, and most people quit by mid-February. It's a pretty high failure rate for something that people really enjoy doing at the beginning of the year. So, So why is that? Well, here's why. Motivation can only carry you so far. If you're passionate about something, if you're excited about something, that's great. But inevitably, your passion for reaching a goal will wane. It will subside. And so if your strategy for reaching a goal is just riding your enthusiasm or passion or excitement, the excitement of a new year, just riding that to reach your goal, you will not have enough gas in the tank to get there. And the reason is something we've talked about throughout this podcast, that inevitably we will revert back to the habits we have already established. We regress to the mean of what we are accustomed to doing, which means if I want to grow, I have to build new systems in my life, new habit structures to become the person I want to become. I need new habits to perform, to perform, uh, to form new character. And if you're wondering how any of this relates to the Christian life, you need to go back and, and, and uh, listen to our first co- podcasts because we talked about that extensively. But, but to sum up this point, James Clear says it this way, that humans do not rise to the level of their aspirations. They fall to the level of their systems. Humans do not rise to the level of their aspirations. They fall to the level of their systems which means we need more than goals or resolutions or passion or excitement. We need to build systems in our lives that that help us grow into the people God wants us to become, because we will revert back to the systems we have already established. So today I'm going to share my annual planning process, how I work on building systems each year, Uh, I know there are lots and lots of battle plans and annual plans and strategies out there, 
And uh, I'm sure a lot of them are great, but I'm sharing this one because it actually works. It has actually worked for me. I've used this annual planning process for the past five years, and I've been able to track now how effective the process has been for me over time in helping me grow. This is the plan I use to clarify who I want to become and to clarify the strategies I'm going to use to become that person. I did not invent this annual process. Uh, My coach, Brian Howard, taught it to me, and and he learned the process from a business leader named Daniel Harkavy. And so I'm adapting it slightly based on what I found to be most useful, but like most good material, someone has already come up with it. I'm just adapting it and sharing it with you. Now, now, full disclosure, I'm about to give you a lot of content, a lot of content. And and I'm going to link in the show notes to Brian's website I'm going to give you a a link where he outlines this plan. And so you can go there, and and it's important to look at these steps uh, so that you can fully understand the process. But but I'll begin by saying this, that if it seems like a lot of information, this is a lot of information, because creating an effective annual plan takes time. It takes time. There's no way to bypass this, to get clarity on the areas you need to grow and the strategies you need to implement to get where you need to get, it takes time. And, and so the plan that I am giving you today, it takes about eight hours to complete. And I'd recommend doing it in eight consecutive hours. I would look at your schedule, carve out a full day, go somewhere beautiful with a nice view, Make sure it's a distraction-free environment. Bring a thermos of coffee. Bring lunch. Put your phone in airplane mode. And if it's okay if you get bored, it's okay if your mind drifts, that's fine. You need to enter that kind of contemplative space to mull your life over, pray, talk to God, and get clarity on the areas you need to grow. And to execute this plan, rather to write the plan, you're going to need three things. You're going to need a journal a pen, and a Bible. And I would recommend a physical journal, a physical pen, not your laptop, and a physical Bible. Because throughout this process, you're going to be reflecting on Scripture and writing a lot to help internalize um, the things that you are learning about your own life and the areas you need to grow. So once you're in this beautiful place, your phone is in airplane mode, you're happy, you're filled with coffee, your mind is alert, you're awake, you're going to complete the following four steps. Here are the four basic steps of the plan. Step one, and this is going to take a while, ask the question, what's important to you? What is important to you? In this step, you are taking inventory of your life. You are evaluating yourself, and you are determining what is important for you to focus on in the year to come. If you had to narrow it down to just a few things, what are the important areas for you to focus on in the year to come? Now, here's how you assess yourself and determine what is important. The first thing you need to do is break your life into basic categories, basic categories of life. For instance, uh, relationship with God, money or finances, um, relationships with family, so parents, siblings, in-laws, self-development, just areas where you care about growing personally, marriage, your relationship with your spouse, Um, physical or mental health, recreation, hobbies, what you do to play, your children and your relationships with them, 
friendships that you have, your career, professional goals. And, and uh, if you have another one that strikes you, write it in the other column. Now, those are the basic categories. You're going to write all of those categories out. And then you're going to evaluate those categories. And you're going to ask two questions. The first question is this. How am I doing in each of these areas? Think about your relationship with God, money, self-development, marriage, and so on. And just ask the question, how am I doing? Reflect on it. Reflect on the past year. Write down thoughts. This takes a while, by the way as you reflect on this, and then what you're going to do, and this might seem weird, but I promise you it's helpful, you're going to rate how you're doing on a scale of 1 to 10. So in each area of my life, how am I doing? Now, obviously, this is somewhat arbitrary. Um, Try not to be too hard on yourself. Try not to think too well of yourself. Just give an honest gut-level reaction. How am I doing 1 to 10 in my relationship with God versus where I would like to be? How am I doing with finances, et cetera? So you're going to write down your rankings for each of those categories. The next question you're going to answer is this. Which of these categories um, is my priority at this point in my life? And now you're going to number each of these areas of life in terms of their priority, and you're going to order them from 1 to 10 in order of what you believe is most important for you to focus on over the course of the year. So you're only using each number once. These are your priorities. You're looking ahead to the next year. Okay, I've got these major categories of life. In order of rank priority, which of them is most important for you to focus on? Obviously, each number is only used once because you're ranking them. Now, when you have gone through this process, you'll have an assessment of how you're doing in each area and what priority each area should be in your life in the year to come. Now, now just to clarify, when you think about priority, think about it not in terms of your ultimate priority, but in terms of what you need to focus on in the year to come. I, I can imagine some of you as, as Christians thinking about this going, well, Jeff, relationship with God is always my number one priority. That's always going to be number one. Obviously, it is. Yes, in the span of your life, it is. But the question you're trying to answer is, what do I need to prioritize which area in the year to come? So, for instance, if you've got a great devotional life going, you've got habits to commune with God, maybe the area of finances or recreation or children or friendships might be the area that you see the most glaring issues where you really need to uh, prioritize. Again, this is somewhat arbitrary. These categories bleed into each other, but categorizing things helps to get clarity on the areas where we really need to grow. So, I find this takes a couple hours to just do this first step of kind of taking inventory and assessing where I'm at. When I'm done with it, I've got some rankings. How am I doing in each area of life? And then what am I going to focus on in the year to come? That leads to step two. Once you have done that hard work of taking inventory of your life, you need to choose the life priorities that you would like to focus on or grow in in the year to come. You've got this list of areas. You've got them ranked in terms of priority. You've got a general sense of how you're doing in them. Now you've got to pick them. And here's the basic rule. Don't pick a lot. Don't say, well, all 10 of these are areas I need to focus. Well, of course they are. We have to grow in all of these areas. But if you aim at everything, you're going to hit nothing. You need to really pray and discern what are the areas in the coming year that I am going to make a concerted, intentional effort to grow in. So think about that 
in step two, and then choose three or four areas that you want to prioritize. So maybe it's career, friendships, and hobbies, or marriage, health, children, or relationship with God, finances, family. Now, I would encourage you not to choose four life priorities. I find three is the magic number. I mean, three is the magic number for everything, but I really like focusing on three because remember, you're going to be building systems for each of these categories. And so if you choose four or five things and you want to build four or five new habits in each of this area, all of a sudden you've got 20 or 25 new habits that you're trying to build in the course of a year. And that's just not realistic, I've found. And so I like to focus on three. If you can do more, uh, maybe you're more disciplined with me. That's fine. But just a pro tip there on what I found helpful. So step one, you're taking inventory. Step two, you are deciding the areas that you are going to grow in. Step three, you want to write a vision statement for each priority. Write a vision statement for each priority. This is a present tense description, not a description of the future, a present tense description of who you want to be in this area of life. You are defining exactly the kind of person you want to be in this area, how you want to show up in your relationship with God, in your marriage, with your kids, in your career, whatever that area is. And it's important to think of this as writing an identity statement, a vision statement of who you want to be. And here's why. Ultimately, growing is not about reaching goals. Growing is about becoming the person God wants us to become. Growth is becoming like Jesus in this area of life. It's not just hitting the goals that I set. And so it's important for us to kind of have an HD picture of the person that Scripture calls us to become. And I'd encourage you, use Scripture when you think about this area of your life. Well, who does God say I should become in this area? And use that to inform this present tense description that you are writing. So think about the area of life, and then you want to write a present tense vision statement of, of who you want to be in that area. I also like to list under my vision statement a reward. What, what reward do I anticipate as I become this person? So let me illustrate this for you. So for instance, with, with uh, relationship for God, here's a statement that I've, I've written in the past. Uh, vision statement would be this. I am a man who thirsts for communion with God above all else. Like Jesus, I diligently pursue God's means of grace. I meditate on the word daily I pray persistently. I make time for solitude and fasting. Those closest to me know this to be my top priority because of how I speak, act, and relate to others. And so there, I'm just trying to distill down who I want to be when it comes to communion with God. That I know it's my first priority, that the people around me know it's my first priority, and they can sense from my life that this is my top priority. And then I like to list a verse under that vision statement that helps me to, to, to crystallize what I want and who I want to become. And for me, I chose one from Psalm 27, where David says, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And so that's just a scripture that buttresses the vision statement that reminds me that, okay, if, if being in relationship with God is my priority, here's the, the biblical backing for that idea that communion with God is what I want to characterize my life to be my top priority. And then the reward I list uh, for making this a priority is the presence of God. That if I prioritize my relationship with God, I will more deeply experience communion with the triune God, the God I was created to know. So step three you're taking each of these categories, 
you choose three, you're, you're really going to take three pages, okay? Think about this in your journal as three separate pages, and at the top of each of these three pages, you'd be writing three vision statements, a present tense description, a verse that supports this vision, and then I'd also encourage you to think about a reward, maybe a reward that's listed in the Bible <laughs> if you prioritize this area. So that's step three, write a vision statement for each priority. Now, you've taken inventory of life, you've chosen your priorities for the next year, you've written a vision statement. At this point, you'll have three to four pages with your three to four vision statements in your journal. And now you want to get practical. In step four, you make a plan for growth in each of these areas using specific activities. You're going to make a plan for growth using specific activities. The key word there is specific. You have to get granular here to the particular things you are going to do. The, the question you are answering here is, what am I going to do? What am I going to do in order to be? What am I going to do in order to be? What habits am I going to build to become the person God wants me to become? What will I do daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, or annually to grow in each of my priorities. Then you, you are going to identify three to five strategies, action steps, we could call this habits, that will help you grow in each area. Three to five things. What are the action steps you can take in the coming year? It might be a weekly thing. It might be a daily thing. It might be a monthly thing. It might be just something you commit to doing once a year to, to grow in that area. For instance, if you want to grow in your marriage, one, one strategy might be, okay, there's an, an annual trip my wife and I are going to take. Maybe it's a weekend away, something we're going to do just to strengthen our marriage. That would be a, an example of kind of an annual strategy. But these should be written down as action plans that are measurable and that can be accomplished. These cannot be generic or you won't know if you're accomplishing them. So for instance, if you say, I want to grow in my relationship with God, I write a vision statement. If your action step is, I want to pray more, that's not an action step. Everyone wants to pray more. How are you going to pray more? You have to answer that question. You have to get granular and say, okay, Monday through Friday, I'm going to get up 30 minutes earlier, and I'm going to pray for 15 minutes. Something like that. That, that is the level of specificity you have to, to get to. Here's my general rule for this. Until you can put these habits in your calendar, they aren't specific enough. Until you can say for these strategies, here is when I am planning to do them, um, then, then you haven't gotten specific enough. And so make a plan for growth using specific activities. What am I going to do in order to be three to five strategies or action steps that will help you grow in each area? Now, that's the plan, are those four steps. Once you have those four steps, and again, I would say about eight hours for this, you have your annual plan. Now, here's the thing about a plan. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. And life is going to punch us in the mouth. We're going to fall off the wagon. We're going to get knocked off track because the world our flesh, and the devil are all conspiring against us to keep us from doing the kinds of things that will help us become the people God wants us to be. 
We're going to fall off track. That's okay. And so we need to build systems that help us get back on the wagon when we get knocked off. So as you're living out this plan, remember, you are recording actions in your calendar as commitments. <laughs> you're making those reminders. Okay, I've, I've, I've committed to getting up early to work out. Here are the days. It's in my calendar. Or I'm going to spend time with the Lord here. Or I'm planning this date night. Or here's the professional development I'm doing. That's all in your calendar. You know these are your life priorities. Here are two systems for accountability that you need to follow through on the plan two accountability systems, and this is really the secret sauce of executing the annual plan. The first thing you need is weekly self-accountability. Weekly self-accountability. This is the weekly review, and this is the thing, I think, that will help you to stay on course with your plan. Here's what you want to do. You want to set up a time where just for 10 to 15 minutes, you read your life plan again to assess how you're doing. You're carving out a time each week for weekly review to assess how you're doing in living out your annual plan. Uh, Friday morning is a great time to do this for me because what I see is here's how I did in the past week. And then as I look forward to the, the, the future week, here are some things I'd like to implement. Here are some things I'd like to plan. You're going to make adjustments to the plan, okay? You're going to write one plan. Then you're going to get a hit in the mouth. And you're going to realize, you know what? That's not exactly what I want to do. I need to alter the strategy. Well, having a weekly review shows you how to make those adjustments. You see kind of an after-action review for the week. Here's the things that didn't work. And then you're looking forward to the next week and saying, okay, here are some things I'm going to try. Here's when I'm going to try them. So, so do that weekly review. Say your vision statements out loud every week. Remind yourself, this is who I want to become. Read the strategies every week. And then take those strategies and look ahead to the coming week or to the coming month or, or however far you need to look ahead and then make a plan about how you want to execute those strategies. Make your commitments when you're going to do those things. So weekly review. Weekly self-accountability. That's the first system you need to build. And of course, that should be in your calendar. It should be in your calendar with a reminder, here's when I will do the weekly review. If you're able to do that, you will be, I think, very surprised by the amount of progress you make when you keep that cadence of weekly accountability going. The second thing that we need to grow is not just self-accountability, but we need community. We need other people cheering us on and spurring us on. And so the second thing I invite you to do is to have monthly accountable accountability with someone else who is doing the exact same thing. Monthly accountability with someone else who is using the exact same annual planning process that you are so you can share how you're doing. This isn't a session to beat each other up and flog each other about your failures. It's just a time to share here's how I'm doing, here are my wins, here are my losses, <laughs> here are my draws, here are the adjustments I want to make. And then you spend time encouraging, praying for each other about those areas. Having another person involved in the process will give you insight, will give you motivation, will give you energy to keep going. So those are the two systems, the weekly self-review and then the monthly review with an accountability encouragement partner. So there it is. 
there's my annual planning process. I'm excited to do it. Actually, really look forward to it now to take that day away. I usually do it at the very end of December. And um, I hope this is helpful to you. If it feels overwhelming, um, that's okay. Just remember that uh, to really stick through with a plan like this, it does take time, it takes prayer, it takes intentionality. But again, this kind of process, I think, has helped me anyway to build the systems and strategies I need to get back on the wagon when I fall off. Because it's inevitable. Life's going to hit us in the mouth. We're, we're going to get knocked off track in pursuing these goals. But, but having a robust plan that we can adjust, that we can return to, um, and that we know really reflects our true priorities is, I have found, greatly beneficial for, for growing. So there it is. There's the annual plan. If you have questions about it, thoughts on what's been helpful to you, feel free to shoot me an email. Um, but this has been Habit Helps. Have a great rest of your 2020. Great Christmas and New Year's. We'll see you again in the new year. Thank you.